his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by the Commissioner of the Connecticut Department of Transportation, James Redeker, and Rich Andreski, Chief of Public Transportation for the Connecticut DOT. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good Good to be here. We are here to discuss the launch of the new Hartford Line train service starting June 16th, high-speed rail connections between Hartford, New Haven, and Springfield. What do people need to know about this new service? It's coming, and it's coming June 16th and 17th uh, to premiere free service, free trials, um, you know, orientation to the system. Uh, but we will be starting uh, full weekend service those two days and on the 18th, full weekday service. And what does that mean to people? First, um, it's great that we've got a free weekend on Father's Day weekend, and maybe that's one way to celebrate with that. But um, uh, more importantly, what's coming? Um, this uh, upgrade to this rail line, um, which has taken several years to complete, uh, will bring to Connecticut 17 trains a day between New Haven and Hartford and 12 trains a day up to Springfield on the corridor. Really a transformative level of service uh, that hasn't been experienced in Connecticut ever. So it's uh, uh, fast trains, they are frequent trains, and finally they are remarkably affordable. Um, If you have been um, in Connecticut traveling on that system with Amtrak, uh, you're used to paying much, much higher fares than what we're going to open with and and make a permanent uh, fare level. So, for example, the New Haven to Hartford fare on Amtrak uh, today is $16 as the lowest fare you can pay. You might pay more than that, but that's the lowest. Uh, Come uh, June 18th, that fare will be $8. And that's the one-way fare with... Uh, significantly discounted monthly trips. So um, people need to view this as a transformative travel option now, um, every day, uh, all day, all weekend, um, and not just to, not just for work, but to, you know, to get on business trips and to really experience everything that this corridor and all the towns along it have to offer. Give us an idea of the work that has been occurring in the weeks leading up to the launch. Weeks, huh? Well, <laughs> it's been years. It's but. been it's been years. Um, well, you know, actually, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask Rich to talk about that because he's been steering uh, a committee of folks um, every week. We meet um, to track a series of items. He can talk about how many and the kinds of things that we've been doing as we, you know, work up to launch. We took a pause to think about and actually think about how many people have had a role in this program, and we came up with over a hundred DOT staff members that have had. Uh, first-hand role in making this rail service a reality. Uh, the, the weeks and months leading up to this new service have been, uh, as you would expect, intense. Lots of activity. Uh, we have lots of partners in this service, so uh, it's not by any means a DOT-only project, but we have um, really competent contractors and vendors supporting us. Uh, we also have a new service provider in Connecticut. 
um, that will be providing this new CT rail service. That's uh, Transit America Services. They're an experienced uh, rail service provider and do um, operate rail lines across the country on behalf of other uh, DOTs and states. Um, this new service uh, is extraordinary in, in so many ways. Um, uh, the thing I'd like to highlight is that um, as we work up to launch here, um, this new rail line is really a combination of two services, a service operated by this new vendor as well as uh, enhancements to the Amtrak services. And we've worked very hard to make sure that those services are seamless. One of the ways we've done that, uh, the team has done that, is through uh, an integrated ticketing program. Uh, this is pr pretty revolutionary in terms of rail service and how rail service is provided across the country. Uh, here in Connecticut, uh, one ticket will allow customers to access both services regardless of who's operating those trains. So you'll simply just need to go to a rail station and buy a ticket. Uh, we have ticket vending machines installed. Um, you simply buy the ticket from um, uh, your or originating station to where you're headed, and if that is New York City, you'll be able to purchase a through ticket all the way to New York City. You'll simply present your ticket on board, and if it happens to be an Amtrak train, uh, that's fine. Uh, if it's a CT Rail branded train, that's fine too. Uh, one fare, so we call it the One Ticket Any Train program. And uh, we're most excited about that. Talk a little more about the integration with Metro North and Shoreline East to make sure the schedules line up. So this is, uh, again, um, as we've scheduled this uh, train service from Springfield uh, to, uh, Hart to, New to Hartford and New Haven, um, there are intentional connections um, to Metro North trains and to Amtrak through trains. Um, so as uh, Rich said, if you buy a through ticket, you will, you'll have a very simple transfer um, in New Haven. And we've made it... Uh, a, a key point that those uh, those transfer times are, are, are minimal, uh, convenient for customers, and of course there still is the uh, a through train um, for the Vermonter that uh, that people can take. That will not, however, carry the Connecticut uh, fare levels, um, but the Vermonter will still exist. So, again, today people who've used this corridor know that the train ends in New Haven. They need to transfer. That will still stay the same. For most people, there's just many, many more opportunities with many, many connections uh, to get you to Grand Central. Or you can go to Boston or you can go uh, to New York Penn Station or beyond. What sort of speeds and travel times are we talking about? Yeah, so um, good question. So uh, I started with uh, the fact that this is one of the premier national investments in high-speed rail. Um, and that is the requirement to um, actually have received that money is that we had to design this system to achieve speeds of 110 miles an hour, um, and the system does that. Um, so that was uh, one of the key milestones, was making sure that the investments in the track and the signal system and then ultimately um, all of the signals and things um, can make us achieve 110 miles an hour, and we're confident that we are. Um, so the travel time is, is great. We're reducing travel time significantly today. Um, the Springfield to uh, to New Haven trip is 81 minutes, I think, um, which is uh, remarkable and uh, will give people uh, actually a very competitive time to driving. And, of course, with full reliability, which the highway system, unfortunately, since I'm responsible for that, too, does not give you. Um, and it'll give it to you regularly. So we're, we're thrilled about that. Is there a sense of how many cars this might remove from I-91? I can't say that I have that number for you, um, um, and and I think the, the the that's something that we'd rather measure um, a couple years down the road when we can see. So these a system like this, um, not unlike Fast Track, which is our most recent new initiative, 
takes probably three or four years to get to that maturation level. And in a system like this, the best measurement is a before condition and then an after condition when we've really reached the market. Um, this is brand new. It's in the sense that uh, customers in Connecticut have never had this opportunity. Um, I think there's a lot of buzz about it. There's a lot of people interested in it. Um, but to actually uh, make a decision to take a trip, to make that trial, check it out, and then convert um, is, a, is a big deal. So uh, we are uh, in, uh, now in the aggressive stage of launching uh, marketing campaigns, communication campaigns. We're out and about in communities um, trying to get the word out. Um, but it'll take a while. So before we um, take credit for cars off the road, uh, we want to just get people on the train. You noted that this has been years in the making, and mm -hmm. some of the things the DOT has had to do is double-track a section of the line, build new stations in some cases, sure. and that has already given way to what they call transit-oriented development. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, um, we invest in uh, infrastructure for a lot of reasons, and for transportation, obviously the principal one, the primary one, is to give people uh, travel options and alternatives and to connect places um, for for, you know, for bringing people back and forth to work. And that's an important part of our economy. But investments in transportation infrastructure bring economic development around transportation uh, stations and facilities. We have, before opening, achieved almost $400 million of private sector investments in developments at stations along this line. Um, and they are, in many cases, and I'll pick Meriden as a primary example, a mixed-use development that opened about a year ago um, is fully occupied. It happens to be fully occupied with with millennials, um, and and they're anxious for this system to open because that's why they live there. Um, so uh, we see that that this is already generating that kind of investment. Um, so I think that this is the future for Connecticut. That um, we talk about the need to generate economic growth. We're already seeing it in this corridor, and transportation is one of those uh, strongest levers to make that happen because the private sector sees the benefit of what this means, that they get a return on their investment, and then therefore the government gets a return on our investment because of what that means for the state. There are also parking options at a number of the, the stations along the route, aren't there? There are. We have new parking available at Berlin, Merritt, and Wallingford. Uh, that parking will be available to customers at no charge through Labor Day. Uh, so we're asking folks to come out and try the service, park for free. Um, the the parking is just one of the ways to get to the stations. Uh, in Hartford today, a line bike uh, was being introduced, a new bike share program. Uh, we're excited about that connectivity, that first mile, last mile, what we call in our business, um, connection is really important. So. Uh, one of the ways we're going to get the word out about those options is through our website, hartfordline.com. Customers should go ahead and check check that out and see what their options are. Now, I know there will be electronic message boards telling you when the next train is, is arriving. Will there also be an app? Uh, so uh, when we opened, uh, right now, our, mob our site is mobile-friendly, so it's adaptive to mobile devices. Uh, with respect to uh, mobile ticketing and purchasing your fare on a mobile uh, on a mobile device, that is coming. Uh, won't be available on day one, but uh, within the first year, we'll have that available. But you will have kiosks available on day one. We will. So at each of the stations, we have uh, what we call ticket vending machines, which will be located at convenient locations, and they're very intuitive. Uh, there's a menu. Uh, you 
enter your your destination and your fare types. And by the way, if you're a family and traveling with children, uh, we have a great deal. Um, you'll with any one-way fare, children ride for one dollar. Um, so uh, we're very family friendly, and we're hoping to uh, bring people out not only on opening weekend, but as regular customers. You know, another uh, fare um, benefit here. Um, this is uh, this entire rail corridor is what's known uh, in the region as the knowledge corridor. Um, all the way um, up to Springfield and beyond, um, the number of universities is astounding. Um, what that means um, is that our UPass program, um, where we partner with uh, colleges, uh, for $22 a semester, you get to ride uh, any railroad and any bus system in the state of Connecticut, essentially then for free. So if you're a student listening to this, your um, UPass gets you on this train and you can travel it for no additional fee. That's a deal. It's a deal. It's a great deal. I wish I was a student again. <laughs> you are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Connecticut DOT Commissioner Jim Redeker and Rich Andruski, the Chief of Public Transportation for the Connecticut DOT. Commissioner, there have been some stories about the rail cars leased from Massachusetts for this line. The reports indicating the rolling stock wasn't in the best of shape. You feel that has been overblown, though? Oh, yeah, significantly. Um, I, I would s remind people that, um, and, and I'll, I would go back a little bit in history. Since I was uh, one of the people or one of the principal authors of the grant that got this going in 2009, when we first achieved the, the, the award of federal funding, our plan was always to operate used equipment upon opening of this service. And it still is. And there's a reason for that. Um, we in the state of Connecticut operate the M8 cars, which are electrically powered cars on the New Haven line. Everything else, uh, and, and the New Canaan branch, everything else has a locomotive and coaches, and all of them are reaching the end of their useful life. So our plan back in 2009 and still in 2018 is that we are now initiating, as we speak, the procurement process to replace all of those cars on the rest of the system. So Shoreline East, the Hartford Line, Waterbury Branch, and Danbury Branch is a good reason for that. Um, you can't really buy a few rail cars. They're unique to every purchase. Um, and so there's a cost efficiency, right? There's a scale benefit here. So if we're going to buy 100 cars, we get them for a lot less money than if you even could buy the 16 cars that it takes to operate this line. So now, I will say we originally planned to switch Shoreline East cars up to here to use them. Um, the bad news or the good news is that the New Haven line was going to shift M8 cars to Shoreline East. But ridership in the peak hour has grown by over 18%. We can't shift those cars. They're already packed, which meant we had to keep Shoreline East cars and service on Shoreline East. And so we went to the market, went all over the country, um, and we looked at uh, what was available to lease for the short term, right, until we could buy new. Um, and the best cars we found were in Massachusetts. They, are, uh, they have been recently released from service. Some of them, there is a, a, a few still in service every day in Massachusetts. Um, so we, we picked the best of the best. They're in great shape. Uh, they have been gone through, uh, and they pass all of the federal railroad requirements. Um, they are brand new and wrapped. They look new on the outside, and they are perfectly serviceable inside. In fact, they're very comfortable, um, yeah, smooth-riding cars. 
So uh, we think this is a great option. Um, it gives us flexibility in our choices. It gets us a chance to plan for the next level of investment. And, and to be honest, it gives uh, customers in all those corridors something to look forward to. Um, we really do need to replace everything. And we're looking at uh, a much different experience um, for the new cars we're going to buy. High quality, lots of amenities, um, you know, a new experience for customers. They need to wait a few years, but we'll get there. In the meantime, these are perfectly serviceable. They're out running every day today. Um, starting next week, we'll be um, uh, testing the full service. Uh, Amtrak will ramp up its full service. Um, uh, our operator for CT Rail will start running the schedule, but not with customers yet. Um, and we're finding that the, the, the rail cars are performing fine. And I should say we're also bringing completely uh, rehabilitated uh, locomotives. So we've got essentially... Uh, as new, like new locomotives in service. Um, and, and when people see them, I just want to make make uh, make another point. This is the first time we are actually unveiling the rebranding of the rail system. So CT Rail Hartford Line is a brand new logo. Um, it is something that we're going to roll out someday for the rest of the system. Um, but I'm thrilled that we're able to do it on the Hartford Line to premiere what is really the Connecticut, the Connecticut role or the Connecticut rail system um, so I hope people come out and, and see it. When they see it running, um, we're getting lots of people saying, what was that? A lot of Twitter feeds, a lot of feedback. There was people taking photographs. They're really excited about it because they've never seen anything like it. Um, and that's really why we wanted to, uh, to do this. So uh, I think that, yes, it was overblown. Uh, it's just going to – this is for me. This is – come try it out. You'll be fine. That's a perfect segue into a safety message with increased – trains on these tracks, there are a lot of at-grade crossings, and, and people need to be aware that there are going to be more trains and faster trains. Yeah, we are um, taking this very seriously. We want to get the message out. We want people to be excited about the service. We also want motorists, pedestrians, children to take note when they see railroad tracks. Simply means you see railroad, uh, see tracks, think trains. Uh, critically important, um, because we have two tracks now and trains running at uh, greater frequencies, um, there's always a possibility that when you see a train pass through a crossing, that another one might be right behind it or coming in the other direction. And uh, the, the message is uh, really, if you see if you see the safety devices, those gates and those flashers flashing, just uh, take heed, assume there's a train coming, uh, observe, observe the warnings. Uh, we've designed this system, a state-of-the-art system, both at the stations and at the grade crossings to protect people and protect public safety. Uh, we're just asking folks to uh, mind those warnings. And never try to beat the gate. If you no, see the day, sure. gate coming down, stop on the yeah. side you're on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you know, we have this program called Operation Lifesaver. And frankly, if, if any organization that's uh, listening to this uh, broadcast would like us to come out, we're more than happy to come and, and, and present our program which is really a, a, an important public service. Safety is just so critical. Um, and, and the experience in this corridor has been a few trains in one direction all day long that are not moving quickly. Uh, when you get up to 17 trains a day and freight trains and they're going up to 110 miles an hour, uh, we really want to keep people focused on safety. Now, there, there's also a deadline coming up for positive train control. Is that something that's baked into this new system? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I would say that, you know, Connecticut was one of the first states uh, to fully fund positive train control throughout the whole network. 
Um, I can tell you that we've achieved a critical milestone in positive train control on the New Haven line, um, where the maximum authorized speed is a piece of that. You can't speed. You can't anymore on the New Haven line. That system is in and functioning, um, and we, working with Amtrak, um, are guaranteed that we will have uh, positive train control completely implemented by the December 18 deadline on this corridor as well. Talking about things people might be looking forward to, you talked about the new rolling stock that, that's going to be designed and, and purchased down the road, but also future connections, maybe extending train service to you know Montreal, to Boston, to, yep. to Bradley. Sure. So um, uh, if you go back, I'll go back to that 2009 period again. Um, all of the New England transportation commissioners got together and formed what we called the New England Compact. And we um, actually sketched out and then created a vision for the rail network for all of New England. Um, we are a uh, set of relatively small states, and you really need a connected vision, right? It's got to be regional. Um, and what we sketched out um, in this corridor was Connecticut is really the heart and soul and core of a system that will get you from New Haven to Springfield and then on up the Knowledge Corridor, um, continuing on up with the Vermonter up to Burlington and then to Montreal. And uh, within the last year, the biggest barrier, the biggest obstacle to get to Montreal was customs. Um, and this is a new agreement um, that will make that far simpler than it otherwise might have been. Um, secondly, um, in the next uh, uh, few years, Massachusetts is preparing to extend uh, service north of Springfield um, in their, what, we, what we're calling the Knowledge Corridor. So that will be an ex extended service there. And finally, part of this vision ultimately is to uh, recreate the inland route, which would go from Springfield then over to Worcester and, um, and into, into Boston. So that a Boston connection for this region, which is, um, you know, the Hartford region is really quite a mega region with resources of academic institutions, insurance institutions, um, and a lot of innovation and sort of science technology and, 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 and bioscience. So it represents really a, quite a hub of activity that the rail system can begin to connect. So as this new service launches on Father's Day weekend, the first two days are free. Do you need to get a ticket or can you just hop aboard? Well, uh, we will have a. This is a great opportunity to pitch our ambassador program. Um, when folks arrive on opening weekend, they'll see me greeted by red-shirted uh, staff members. Uh, those are employees of the DOT and some of our other partners. Uh, those ambassadors will have complimentary um, commemorative tickets. Customers wanting to ride should just uh, go over to the ambassador and grab one of those tickets. Um, they're keepsakes. They're commemorative. Uh, just show those on board any train for travel. 50 years, they might be worth something. There you go. <laughs> well, there there are certain people out there that get really excited about I, exactly. this stuff. Well, and, I, and I think, um, so we really did think that a keepsake was important. Um, you know, the, the ticket for the first ride is always is always something people look forward to. So uh, it, it is something we want people to have as proof that they're, you know, they're riding. Um, but, but it is for free. We'll have plenty available, and we encourage people to come out. In terms of ticketing, once you purchase the ticket, will – Conductors be checking it once you're on the train, like it is on Metro North now. Um, sure. So um, we have partnered with uh, Amtrak and our um, CT Rail provider uh, for uh, seamless technology. So whether you buy a ticket from Amtrak or you buy a ticket through our ticket vending machine, they'll be able to read that ticket and validate that it's uh, uh, you know good for passage. So uh, yeah, again, back to Rich's earlier point, uh, this is uh, a, a seamless integration of uh, both uh, operators and technology and experience so that this 
you know, uh, one ticket, any train happens technologically, but it happens, you know, physically for the customer. So um, we're excited about that. It is, um, it is an extraordinary ex- uh, experiment um, right now, but come next week, it's not an experiment any- anymore. The integration will be happening. He is DOT Commissioner Jim Redeker, joined by Rich Andreski, Chief of Public Transportation for the Connecticut DOT. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.